Welcome to FamilyCast. I'm Kyle Gowen. And I'm Amy Gowen. We're glad you've joined us today. FamilyCast is a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. Hey folks, welcome back to FamilyCast. It's good to be with you. We've been away for a little bit due to... Uh, you know, just some life issues, some work issues, some travel issues, all kinds of things. But it's it's good to be back on. We've got a really interesting topic, I think, today. Uh, one that, uh, man, I've dealt with as a pastor for a long time. I mean, people ask this question quite a bit, parents uh, and family members. And Amy, as an educator who is in a Christian school, many times you'll have people ask you the same question. Yeah. In fact, I was talking to a friend just a couple of weeks ago and this topic came up. Do I make my teenager go to church? I know you and I are going to come at it um, as with a wider lens of any age. Do I make my child go to church? But I know it probably really intensifies in those teenage years. So it's a great question. Um, I'm glad to talk about it because I think it affects so many families. I know with you um, in the early days when you were in student ministry, this came up. I mean, often. Yeah, you would. You would. You would often have uh, parents uh, want to talk about that and ask. You know, maybe there's been uh, a fight. Maybe um, I don't know with sporting events, different things. They got out of the habit, so to speak. Um, but I, you know, I was reading today uh, about some. You know, there's a there's an organization called the Pew Forum. And the Pew Forum does a lot of religious studies. And uh, a couple of things that I found uh, very, very interesting. Uh, there is a segment of population now called the nuns, meaning... As n- in monks and not nuns? Not monks and nuns, but like they don't identify religiously. Uh, N-O-N-E-S. Uh, N-O-N-E-S, yes. And so they, they don't identify uh, in, in any type of uh, religious category. Um, Got it. And so... They were saying, uh, the Pew Forum and their surveys, which they are a nationally recognized organization, and so research organization, they were saying that 26% of our population in, in the United States, North America, uh, excuse me, in the United States, not North America, yeah. identify as nuns. They're unaffiliated with any religious group. They don't want to be categorized, or they are atheist or agnostic. Wow. While 65%, they said, of the United States would identify as being Christian, only 54% of that number, only 54% of that number, they say they only go to church a few times a year. Now, that, that, I found that to be pretty interesting. If you take it and kind of move into the millennial generation, mm-hmm. which, depending on who you're reading, that's very early 30s. Right. Uh, down to uh, probably around an 18-year-old today, um, somewhere in that age, 40% of millennials identify as nuns. 40% of that demographic. That's high. Yeah, that, that's, that's a lot. They, they have no religious affiliation. Uh, may, and in fact, even in that group, 22% of that group say they never attend. They, they, they don't even think about it. Why would I go? Another side of that, though, that I thought was pretty interesting was that 22% of that demographic, mm-hmm. the millennial generation, say they attend weekly some sort of religious service. That 
that's hopeful, I, yeah. I, I feel like. And so um, this is a bigger situation than just my teen or my child, though I do think that that's going to grow because as you can see, you know, even with my grandparents and my parents, church attendance was something that you just did. Right. In our generation, uh, Gen X, uh, it it began to wane quite, I mean, it, it took a huge steep dive. Um, millennials, it fell off even more. And I believe in the next generations, you're going to see it even less and less because uh, again, w- why would I do something that I don't believe in? Uh, that could be for some people cause for fear. Uh, for me, it's exciting. Not that less people are going to church, but that those that are going, it's more of a pure church. And you're you're going to begin to see people who, and behavior, either I'm a believer or I'm not. You're right. going to be able to recognize that. I'm with you. Because when I first hear those stats, I'm thinking, well, throw your hands up. I mean, it's, it's, it's hopeless, but it's not. It's really, really not. And I totally agree that it's just going to, we're going to see more committed believers in the future. You may see fewer, but I think historically that's, that's been the picture. Uh, those truly committed, we don't have to have the massive statistics behind us. I do think it's worthwhile to point out as, what do you call us, Gen X? Gen X. Um, in the, in the, topic of church attendance, thinking back over our own experiences growing up, um, and there's differences in in Kyle's religious background and my own, but there's a lot of similarities too. Growing up in the South um, by Christian parents, church church attendance was a non-issue. We went. It's just something you did. But I will say, um, it wasn't just that I was made to go. Church was so valued in my family, and my family wasn't perfect, and I've said before that I did grow up in a moral Christian uh, worldview where you did things because it was the right thing to do. Uh, but I do say one thing that I really think I can look back with positive um, feelings and just positive uh, thoughts our church was a part, it was an extended part of my family. I knew my pastor. I knew youth workers. We were at each other's homes. Sunday night, you went to church, and then you went to someone's house and hung out. So my church family, and I went to a small church, um, but my church family really was family. So I have great positive memories of uh, growing up in church. Well, I think um, in this whole idea of do I make my child, my teenager attend church? I think the beginning point there is, and I heard you say that it was a value for your family. Uh, it was a value for my family. Uh, but I, I would say today, a, a place to begin is as a parent, I would have to ask you, is church a value for you? Because if, if, if church attendance, if being a part of the community is not a value for you, then it won't be a value for your family and for your kids. And so uh, I can hear now someone saying, uh, well, are we talking about Sunday morning? Are we talking about youth events, those kinds of things, or kids ministry events? We'll, we'll talk more about that 
in a few moments. But I think the big thing is, is that you have to, you have to begin to ask, is it even a value for you? And, and for that, I think a great place to start and just quickly is, man, you got to look at the word, you got to look at the Bible. And, uh, you know, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus himself said that he was going to be the one who would build his church. Yeah. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So as a follower of Christ, if I'm saying that I follow Christ and church, he is the one who built it. He's the one that's in charge of it. He's the one that is causing it to grow. Then it ought to be a value for me as a follower of Christ. I think about when I read in Hebrews, a passage that we, many of you may know, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, don't forsake the assembly, don't forsake the gathering of the believers. Uh, It's a place where we're encouraged, it's a place where we can hold each other accountable. So the scripture talks uh, talks about that. Man, I think about in the New Testament, when Paul, the apostle Paul wrote, he wrote, over half of the New Testament he's credited with, and the vast majority, overwhelming vast majority of the books that he wrote, they were to churches. Yes, to local bodies. Yeah, so so it was, the church was an important was an important place. You said the body, you know, in First Corinthians chapter twelve, Christians are compared to churches are compared to bodies. And, you know, I, I talk about this often with people and about the importance of church and the value of church is that, um, uh, y- y- you know, my hand is a valuable part of mm-hmm. my body. I can't just cut my hand off and let it go stand over here alone and do its own thing. My leg works best when it's connected to the body. <laughs> It's true. All of the things, uh, my body is in uh, has a has a function and a need for each of uh, the 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 digits, the appendages, the uh, my eyes. Were they don't they're not disembodied and still working. They have to be connected to the body to work. So there's a value in the body in the New Testament. There are you probably have heard this about the one another's. You're to pray for one another. You're to Mm -hmm. care for one another. You're to love one another. You're to bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Uh, That happens in the context of of the church. Bring one another a casserole when you're sick or something. (laughs) Is that in there? I don't know if that's in there, but it's kind of a given, isn't it? Uh, In the South. But you you get uh, and understand that uh, if, if church is a value mm-hmm. to us as families. It needs to be a value because, well, and that's what the scripture speaks. Uh, I think one of the reasons that you do see a steep decline in church attendance is because it's no longer just a cultural thing. Yeah. You know, as our culture changes, people see less and less need to be involved in the community, to be involved in a church. I think we're finding that they weren't really believers. They were just doing those things that happened within culture. So parents, first off, if you're battling, my kid doesn't want to go to church. I'm struggling with that. I think the very first thing I would say is, is is church a value for you? Do you find the community a place of value? Is serving 
in the church a place of value for you? So beyond attendance, it really is, um, is it a family? Is it something that you are investing your family into? So as maybe the parent of a preschooler, I firmly believe that you are raising a teenager really in utero from the time you're pregnant or adoption. Even in those early childhood years, you're planting seeds that you are going to harvest in the teenage years. So as a preschooler, parent of a preschooler, um, is church a value? Because it's not going to automatically start when they start school or when they you know, become teenagers. Start early. Start early taking them to church, investing into the body of believers through, yes, Sunday morning, other events, but just being with those families, doing life with other believers within the church context. I think you start early, definitely. Well, parents, I also think uh, mom, dad, uh, whoever is listening to this at this time, uh, it, it helps to have a united front with your other parent. Um, you know, if you've got one parent saying, I don't know if it's really that necessary that they go today, or you got one parent that's saying, yes, it is parents. You've got to be united in, in this because, uh, it's just natural unto teenagers. And I would even say fourth, third, fourth, fifth graders, they're spying where the weak link is and they are going to like, they're going to attack that weak link. They're going to use it for their advantage. For yes. Sure. So you, you, you want, you, you need to be united in that. It, it's inherent right here that someone's going to say, well, my, my, my spouse is not a believer. Uh, you still need to be pretty united together in what is a non-negotiable then. Yeah. Uh, and, and having those types of discussions. Um, you know, I think church is a place to, to know and be known. And so it's important that they understand this isn't something that we do, but we're knowing people. If you can help to have a, a network of people within the body that they know, that they like, that they enjoy, uh, that helps mm-hmm. because um, uh, there's nothing wrong with your church being a social structure. You, you, we would want our kids to like and know the people that they're in church with. Right. And so no matter the size, you don't have to know everyone. You may be in a church of thousands, but there is a social structure within your church that mm-hmm. you are knowing people and people are knowing uh, you and your family and your kids know them. If you're able to walk in on Sunday mm-hmm. and just leave on Sunday and not, you got to be intentional about yeah. being known and knowing. Something that um, I'm remembering in my own childhood and even in the lives of our own three kids, uh, the value of intergenerational relationships that are inherent to a, a church family. Your kids are going to be around all ages. You're gonna ki- your kids are going to see um, how to interact with younger how to interact with older and just different, different demographics, hopefully different ethnicities, all kinds of different. Um, and the church, that's who we are. That's what we're meant to be. So there's so much value in um, them seeing different families outside different ages than, than their own family. Uh, parents, I also want to say one other thing to you, uh, and then we're going to get into just, okay, what are some practical yeah. implications here? Uh, as a pastor, as a youth pastor, as one who 
um, man, I see, I see families all the time. My experience and the experience of other ministers and youth pastors, um, we've seen this. Kids who follow hard after the Lord, kids who follow hard after the Lord usually come from two different types of families. Uh, one, the family is like sold out to Jesus. I mean, they love the church, mm-hmm. they're involved, they're committed. It, it, it The church isn't something that a place we go to, it's who we are. Yeah. It's something, we are the church, mm-hmm. we are the body, and it is making a daily difference in their life. Uh, and so, or they come from a family that is far from God. And so the church looks very, very different than what they have seen. And so it becomes very attractive to them. They're seeing a family, they're seeing a pattern, they're seeing a life that is Mm -hmm. different from what they have experienced. And they want to be a part of that, like a moth drawn to a flame, so to speak. Um, It's that middle ground Mm -hmm. where I see oftentimes kids who come from families where... you know, church is just, it's, it's kind of something we do when we want to do it. It's, um, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't go. Uh, is there something more today? Church doesn't affect their lives. Just a nominal type. That's a good, yeah, it's a good word. They're nominally, they're involved. Uh, you know, once or twice a month, maybe, uh, those are the kids that I see turned off the most by the church. They don't want to be involved because why? It's not been a value to their parents and to their family. And so parents, um, you're still going to have struggles getting your kid at times to want to be a part of the community. But if if it's not a value to you, first and foremost, it will not be a value to the kids. That is so true. A couple of things here real quick, because I know that you're probably thinking, man, I'm almost to work. Tell me, tell me some things. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I I would tell you that uh, if your kid is saying, no, I don't want to go, and you're battling. First and foremost, don't freak out. Talk to your kids about it. Yeah. I think that's important to have a conversation. I think it's really important to find out why. And you want to do this not Sunday at 9 o'clock when you're saying, get your shoes on, we're going to church. You want to do it at a time where emotions are more stable um, and maybe over a meal where you're just relaxing and your, your, your teenager, your child is just at a spot, you know, when they're, when they're more open to talk. And then parents, this is when you want to close your mouth, open your ears, ask questions, and then listen. Why do you not want to go to church? What's going on? Since we know that church attendance doesn't mean you, or if you miss a week, it doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. Uh, If they did miss a week, okay. But what you're trying to help uh, not happen, is it becoming a pattern of some sort where there's a, so you got to ask some questions like, you're you're trying to find out who are their friends? Do they have friends at, at, at church? Mm-hmm. Are there friend issues at church? Uh, may, maybe, maybe there's a pastor issue. I don't know if you have if your church is large enough to have a youth pastor or a kids pastor, or or uh, maybe there's maybe there's a youth leader. It's a it's a lay leader, someone who's just a volunteer. Uh, is there an issue with an adult that that? maybe creating some tension and they just don't want to go. Yeah. You want to find those things out. Maybe there's 
Maybe there's some learning issues that are going on there. You know, the group I'm in, they're, they're reading all the time mm-hmm. and I have struggles reading yeah. or there there's, you're trying to discover, you're asking a lot of questions. That is so important. And then one that can be really tension sometimes is if your child is a follower of Jesus, are there some sin issues that they're dealing with? Because if there are, are sin issues that they're dealing with, and um, man, the church is not going to be it, where you want to be. Yeah, it may not be. The Holy Spirit is going to be de- uh, dealing with yeah. them, and so you're asking questions like that, not in an interrogation way, mm-hmm. but you're asking a lot of questions from that standpoint. Well, for the quest of discovery, so you want to resist the urge to uh, to judge, to defend to even rage. You just want to package all those away, unpack them later, maybe with your spouse or with yourself. But right now you're just listening. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, I would think that a lot of issues go to peer, peer uh, conflict. Something's going on um, that Really, you want to know about that. You want to help navigate those relationships. Um, Kyle, how important do you think it is to um, come alongside other families? Oh, it's vitally important. I mean, if we truly believe that uh, the church is a community, then we need to be involved with other other parents. Yeah. You know, you want you want to know who your parent, who the parents of your children's friends are. Uh, have open conversation mm-hmm. and commun and dialogue with that. Uh, th- those things are are important. Help, if it is a situation of a conflict with another student, you want to help them to navigate how to do that. Right. Um, how do they? How do they solve that conflict? Mm-hmm. This is where having another pastor involved, uh, because. Th- Solving conflict is going to be a lifelong skill and how that works in the body. Exactly. There's beautiful things after, you know, after the conflict, if, if people can stick with it and work through biblically. Parents, this is a word for you also. Yes, I guess more so to the parents. If you can stick with it and work through conflict biblically, this is what this is what the gospel does. Well, and helping helping them to understand that you've had situations you've had to work through with your brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ yeah, uh, in the community, that you're not hitting and running. I mean, you're staying so that they can see that also. I think another thing that I would ask that you would want to find out is, uh, do, does your child know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Right. Yeah. I mean, that... It, like Kyle's saying, and this, depending on the age of your child, maybe they're a younger child and they haven't, they haven't just professed faith in Christ yet. So it probably is just a matter of, of you continually continuing to disciple that child. If they're teenagers and they've never surrendered their life to Christ, you, I mean, yeah, you, you should, you should see this is probably pretty normal uh, because if they're sp- preaching the word, if the gospel is being spoken, then the Holy Spirit is probably dealing with them. And so they want to get a far, as far away from that right. as possible. But you only have them in your home for a short period of time. And you, if this is a true value, then you help them to understand that there are other values in our life that we don't 
run away from because we don't like them. We we this is a value for our family. And uh, I mean, you're going to make them go to the doctor if they have to go to the doctor. You're going to make them go to uh, <laughs> well, I'm just Miss Teacher. I mean, you're going to make uh, them yeah, go to school. School is a non-negotiable. I'm just thinking about even in the most normal teen, just you know, maturation kids coming into the teenage years, they're going to resist. That's part of how they are finding their way. So. In their effort to resist things, you're going to be enforcing a lot of things they don't want to do. Bathing, Mm. (laughs) going to school, doing homework. Um, So really, church is just one of those non-negotiables. Yeah, and you think uh, you got to help them understand that there will be a day when uh, they get to make their own decisions on these things. But today... This is who we are. This is what we do. This is a value Mm -hmm. in our family. And uh, this is why it's important that it must be a value for you uh, as a parent parent, uh, so that you have a leg to stand on on that basis. I would encourage you, if you're having struggles with that, that you involve a youth pastor, you involve a children's pastor. If you don't have those uh, positions in your church, you involve the lay leader or the the pastor. Uh, Man, it would be so important not to bring them, not not so that they can uh, uh, get on the child, but you, you're wanting them to come alongside you, to partner with you, getting them to come to basketball games or football games or dance recitals or play pr- plays that your kids are in. Because again, to be in community is to know and be known. And the more your child knows their mm-hmm. spiritual leaders and your spiritual leaders know your children, yeah. Uh, the the bonds can begin to grow there. So I I encourage parents, and I know we took this route. Now, granted, you were a pastor at every church where our, where our kids were were young people. So I know I know we're a different kind of situation. But even just normal church members, I encourage people get involved in the ministry where your kids are, unless you're just totally just adverse to teenagers. I get that. There something else may be There are other ways gifting. you can serve in teenagers exactly. though than than teach or Right. Go to the lock in. So that when you're going, let's say on a Wednesday night to student events, you are going. You're not just dropping your your student off. They see you That's valuing good. the ministry. Yeah. Now let me just throw this out here, too, because um, you don't want to be your child's small group leader. You don't want to necessarily, um, you may be in the same room, but I always, I knew Jordan did not want me in her peer group necessarily. Now, our church was large enough that I could still work with teenage girls, but they weren't Jordan's uh, circle. So I know your church, I mean, it depends on the size, but you want to be in, um, but well, not necessarily it, right side by side. If we are talking uh, about something, and I and this is probably a good place to interject this, uh, you know, I, I I did have people and still do have people. So should I make them? I mean, we're going to go to church on Sunday. Should I make them go on Wednesdays or Thursdays to the midweek? Yeah, that's a There's good point. a youth event that do I make them go? Uh, I I can't 
you know, you, th- that's something you and your, mm-hmm. I think Sunday, whatever the gathering point is. So if your gathering is on a Thursday night corporately as a body, yes, they ought to be there. Yeah. If it's Sunday morning or Saturday night, whenever it is that you, it, it, we're going to go, then yes, they need to be there. Uh, typically, I am one who would say in the culture in which we live today, if there is a discipling opportunity mm-hmm. as uh, a group, uh, so let's say at, at, at the churches I've served, we've, we've had a midweek thing for, for teenagers. It was a, a youth worship time. We've had um, children's ministry midweek that was uh, disciple-oriented, mm-hmm. whether for whatever it was. I, we felt that those were very important because in the culture in which we live, more Bible, more community, more Christian witness community body is vital, not less. Right. Well, I mean, that to me, that, that brings up a logical point. If your teenager is not a believer and is open about that non-belief, they're a nun, um, and they are maybe even rebellious against the church, I do think you have a, a logical leg to stand on as the authority in the house, even as a single parent, to yes. say— my home will follow the Lord. Okay. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's exactly right. Uh, but it's it is true. I don't want to make light true. of that. But you have the authority, and I really think if you're if you're hearing and there's mutual respect and you're listening to them, then when you have the turn to speak and they're listening to you, I think it's so valid to say the vast majority of your life. You're speaking to your teen here. You're going to have the freedom to choose to not go to church, to go all the time. You it it will be within your choice. But that usually doesn't happen until 18, 19, you know, typically when they graduate high school. So when you look at someone's lifespan, zero to 18 years is not a lot. So when you when you talk to your your student and you're saying your child, this is what I expect as the leader of this home, as the parent of you, I am a believer. And out of respect for me, I want you to go, not to create some kind of facade of what our family is. I think you need to make the point that that's hypocrisy. And you're not doing it to, you know, create an image, but because I want you to hear the gospel. You've told me you're not you're not a believer. I want you in a place where you're going to hear the the love of Jesus, the forgiveness, uh, the grace of Christ poured out week after week. If you if you give them the opportunity to choose, they could possibly hear the gospel somewhere else. I know that. But if you require them to be in a in a Bible believing preaching church, you know they're going to hear it, at least on Sundays. So I don't think it's too much to ask. I think you should be able to boldly be able to to talk to your child respectfully. I do require this because I know the rest of your life you're going to be able to make the choice. Well, and I think it's a part of who we are as followers of Christ. We're going to, have to give an account for our household and uh, how we led our yeah. household. And so if it is a value for you, then we all are going to be a part of this. Yeah. We're all going to do this, which 
I'm going to be honest with you right now and say, uh, you getting involved in the ministry with them, you not dropping them off and driving away somewhere else, you getting involved, you may see, oh, there's a real issue. <laughs> I know uh, what they're talking I about. I know what they're talking about. Or you getting involved, you may help be some of the change that needs to happen. Um, I know this could be a hit for some, for me, uh, you know, or I drop in your, uh, if I ever had a place, that might go down a couple of spots. But <laughs> man, when, when it comes to kids ministry, when it comes to youth ministry, I think there needs to be an element of fun to it. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, I want my kids to want to go to church. I don't think it always has to be just, uh, it, man, it's not jokes and cokes every week. I mean, we're not, it's not, but it, it you, you've got to have yeah. an opportunity where a kid can have fun. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning uh, may look very different than Wednesday night. Wednesday night may even have, uh, in some churches, look more like, or your midweek, if it's not Wednesday, may look like your weekend service. But there's got to be some fun involved where they enjoy and say, yeah, I want to go. If your kid, if your teenager, if your child doesn't have friends there, this is an mm -hmm. opportunity if you are desiring them to be involved for you to say, who would you like to invite? Yeah, we'll go get go. them. We'll go pick them up. We'll, I'll, be, I'll be the transportation. You're seeking to remove the hindrances and the obstacles that can happen, and they, that they might say, I don't want to be involved. You know, I think right now, just kind of closing out, I think a couple of quick encouragements that I would want you to hear. One, you need to know this is a spiritual battle. This isn't a battle between you and your child. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 tells us that, that we're waging battle not against mm -hmm. flesh and blood. We're, this is a spiritual battle that's happening. And so you, you need to spend some time with the Lord praying for sensitivity, praying for wisdom, right? praying for ears to hear, mm -hmm. uh, praying that they are sensitive to hear what it is that you're trying to say, and that above all, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's such a good reminder that, um, I mean, you are the parent in the home. You have the final say. Um, now, as a caveat... You know, a teenager at some point, if they're rebellious, they're going to do things that they're just going to do, you know, so that's a whole nother podcast uh, or another episode. But as the encouragement, I always tell parents and remind myself their story isn't over. Don't judge their book by the chapter they're walking through right now. Like Kyle said, you pray for them. You see that the enemy is attacking and you pray that through Ephesians 6, you put that armor on them um, in your mind as you're praying. And you just know that there's been a lot of godly adults that looked back and said, I didn't want to go to church. I did not. I was a rebellious teenager. I did not have a heart for the Lord, but my parents kept me in church. Um, that's not the story. That's not a guarantee for everybody. But I do want to remind people, we are parenting for the long haul. So don't give up. Okay, keep keep in the fight. Keep praying for them. Get other parents involved. Uh, you know, I think in times like this, many times we th might view this as a failure on our parenting. Um it's it, listen. It's not it, such as common demand. Okay. Yeah. 
get other parents involved with you, get parents of other kids, uh, and your your get your small group or your Sunday school kids Sunday school teacher involved. Uh, to build a relationship. Relationship matters. Remember, you're wanting them to have a relationship with the Lord, and the most often how that happens is through a relationship with someone else. Yeah. So get get others involved. Uh, if you're a single parent, if you're a single parent and you're going, this just feels so overwhelming, the body is what you need. The church community is what you yes. need. Get the community, Sunday school leaders, small group leaders, get your pastor, get other friends involved. Uh, it, 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 it's, not a com- it's, it's not a village that raises a child. It's a community, the church community that helps in those things. And so we encourage you. Uh, I want you to know you can do this. Uh, we're praying for you, and we're asking the Lord to do great things in your family. Thanks for joining us on Family Cast, a weekly conversation about marriage, parenting, and all things family. We ask you to subscribe to Family Cast on your favorite podcast platform and invite a friend to listen in.